You're listening to the weekly partial podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramat Beit Shemesh, Israel, 5784-2024. This week's parsha is Parsha's Tetzaveh, and at the beginning of our parsha, Hashem gives the command to Moshe Rabbeinu to create the special garments that his brother Aaron and his sons will wear in their service of Hashem in the Mishkan and the Tabernacle. And I'm going to read to you, I'm going to share with you a piece from the Madrash, which today is Purim Katan, which means we have an extra month this year, and so we have two Purims, we have Purim Katan, and we have the full Purim, which is in a month from now. But I'd like to read you a Medrash that actually talks a bit about the story of Purim, as well as talking about our topic, which has to do with, this, with Aaron and his sons. And the issue that's raised, and which is addressed in our Parsha, in the Medrash, it's something connected really to next week's parsha. In Parsha's Kisisa, the Jewish people sin with the Maisa Egel, with the sin of the golden calf, and Aaron is the one who, trying to buy time, allows them to create the golden calf. But that being the case, he is the he's the one that's held responsible to a certain extent for the Jewish people's sin of the golden calf. And so the question becomes Aaron Akoyin, Aaron the priest. How is he able to atone for the great sin which he allowed the Jewish people to do? And so our Medrash is going to address that point. And the Medrash is going on the Pasuk in chapter 29, verse 1. The Torah tells us that when the high priest and his children are to be anointed and to be brought into the service of Hashem, into their positions, as those who bring the carbonus, the sacrifices. So this is what's supposed to be done to sanctify them, to be kohanim to me, to be priests. There's going to be a whole set of korbanus, of sacrifices that are, are to be brought. Now the Medrash hones in on the, the language of the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, which means this is the thing or the matter. The word davar, which means matter, can also mean a word, right? Dvarim are words. And we're going to talk about words and the power of words independent of the power of sacrifices. And this is an important idea. We'll see what words means, because there are different ways that we use our words, and they have incredible power to atone for us, to help us to act in lieu of the carbonus of sacrifices, in times like our times when we don't yet have sacrifices. So let's see what the Medrash teaches us, and how also it relates to the story of Purim. Says the Medrash, why does it use the language of this is the matter? This is how Aaron and his sons are to be anointed. The Pasuk says, it's a Pasuk in Hosea, chapter 14, verse 3. It says, Take for yourselves, or take with you, words. Veshuvu al Hashem, the end of the Pasuk, which is not quoted here, is, and come back to God. Right? So part of the tshuva process, or we think classically of the Korbanus as an opportunity for tshuva, as an opportunity for us to atone for the mistakes that we've made. Indeed, Aaron Akain, as we'll see by the end of the Medrash, there's a lot of measures here. We'll see if we even read the entire piece. But Aaron Akain requires an atonement. He caused the Jewish people to sin. So we'll see that 
one of the main ways of atoning is not just by bringing korbanas, bringing sacrifices, but through our words. The Pasuk says in Tehillim, chapter 26, verses 6 through 7, David Amela King David tells us, I want to I want to wash off my hands. I want there to be cleanliness. I want myself I want to, to be cleaned off of sins that I've done, right? The hands are are the clay hamaisa, right? Our hands, our feet, our feet bring us to do something, and our hands are the ones that we use, the the vessels through which we accomplish things in life. So when I want to clean off my hands from the sins that I've done with my hands, so the Pasuk finishes off by saying, King David tells us that the way that I do this is by making heard a voice of thanks. The word taida can mean thanks, it can also mean hoida, which means admission. King David leaves out the fact that in order to atone for himself, he might need to bring any sacrifices. He just talks about the fact that he's going to make her a voice of admission or a voice of thanks. The people of Israel say, look, when you read the car- the, the psukim about Karbanas, we find that the princes of the Jewish people, if they do a sin, they bring a sacrifice and it atones for them. If there's an anointed Kohen, the high priest is called a Mashiach, because he's anointed with oil. The word Mashiach means anointed. So if he causes sins to others, or he himself sins, so he brings a korban, a sacrifice, and he's atoned for. Interesting, I'm saying, the Medrash says, it could be it's going on the entire seaboard, it could be it's going on individuals, but... Let's just take the measures for face value here. What do we do to get a kapara? What do we do to get an atonement? So we do find we do find that there are karbanas that the tzibur can bring, that the, the general populace can bring in order to atone. So Members of the Jewish people say, look, we, we, we don't have the wherewithal. Carbonus are expensive. Animals are expensive. We're poor. How are we going to bring these carbonus? The Medrash tells us that one of the ways of atoning for someone who doesn't have the wherewithal, the money to pay it off, pay off, pay the korban, pay for the sacrifice, Measure says, and we who are too poor because we don't have the spiritual uh, fortitude to to have this chus, the merit that uh, that a beis should be built in our days yet. So we have to use the varim. We have to use words. And we still haven't defined what are words. The way to atone is through words. Hashem says, "I will forgive you for all of your sins." Says the manager, what are these words? Hear this. Not what you thought. What are the words? And we'll see it's not just words of Torah, it's also words of prayer. But the first thing that the manager says, such an important thing. Right now, 
We are speaking, we are trying to understand the will of Hashem, we are saying Divrei Torah. We are saying words of God's command. And when we say words of Hashem's command, when we try to understand God's will for us, by doing so, it's like we've brought carbonus, we, it's like we've brought sacrifices. Because what we're saying is, Hashem, we want to come close to you. Right? The word korban means to come close. We're saying, Hashem, we want to come close to you. We want to do your will. We want to serve you properly. We'd like to know what your will is for us. We're studying the words of your Torah, the, the words which indicate to us that which is your will. Right? So it uses the word devarim. The first pasuk of Sefer Deuteronomy. It says, uh, these are the words that Moshe Rabbeinu spoke, and it's all the Torah, and it's all the words, the, the will, the words which indicate the will of God. Okay, so we can't bring Korbanas today, right? So what do we do? How do we atone for ourselves? Through words, through learning Torah. Amr Lai So some people said, look, we're not so intelligent, we're not so brilliant, we're not so smart, we don't know the words of Torah. Maybe there are people who can't read, maybe there are people who are illiterate, Here's something that anybody could do. Cry and pray in front of me, Hashem says. You want to know how to get an atonement? Here's the, here's the key. Cry and pray in front of me and I will accept your prayers. When the Jewish people were in Egypt, did they bring any sacrifices? Did they have any Torah to learn in order to get out of there? in order to, to merit to, to be released from bondage? No. What did they have? They had prayer. They prayed. They davened. They cried. They called out to Hashem. And I, and I redeemed them. The Jewish people groaned from the difficulty of their labor and they called out to Hashem. Now the Medjush brings numerous examples of the power of prayer to, to affect an atonement, right? Because if there are negative situations where we find ourselves in, it's always because of something that we are not on the spiritual level to receive the goodness that Hashem wants to give us. So there's something blocking that and it has to be removed. Right? So but prayer is the thing that removes that. The Jewish people, they experienced that prayer. They they prayed. In Joshua chapter 7 verse 6, that there were miracles that came about. The Jewish people had salvations. How? Because Yeshua tore. He rent his garments. The idea is that through prayer, again, miracles were brought about. Salvation came. In the times of the judges, this is in Shaftim Sefer, Judges, the book of Judges, chapter 6, verse 7. And it was when the Jewish people called out to God, right? Ze'aka is not just calling out, it's a, it's a heartfelt, um, heaven rending call, scream. The Jewish people, when, when we call out from the depths of our hearts, Hashem answers our prayers. In the days of Samuel, did I not answer their prayers? Pasuk says explicitly, Shmuel cried out, he screamed to God on behalf of the people of Israel, and Hashem answered him. 
מבחינת שירושלים, אף על פי שחיסוני בשביל שבחו לפנו ריחמתי עליהם שנאמר. כלומר השם רונו ליאקי שמחו, וגם הפסק says that the people of Jerusalem, even though they caused God to be angry, they sinned against God. But nevertheless, when they cried in front of Hashem, God had mercy upon them. Pasuk in Yirmiyah, chapter 31, verse 6, this is what Hashem says, Let the people of Jacob rejoice. Why? As a result of their prayers. That's why the Pasuk that we quoted from Hosea, chapter 14, teaches us that what does God ask of us? Of course, if we have an opportunity to bring carbonos, to bring sacrifices, that's ideal. But here we are in Gullus. We're still in exile. We still don't have a Beis HaMikdash yet. So, what do we do? How do we get atonement? How do we, how do we remove the blocks to God's salvation? And the answer is, Take yourself words. Pray. Either Divrei Teira, if you don't have Divrei Teira, so then call out to God, cry, And scream to God. Come back to God. That's what King David says. I will wash my hands in cleanliness. I'll clean off the sins of my hands. He doesn't say, in order to be able, how am I going to get rid of my sins? By bringing you sacrifices. He talks about making her the voice of thanks, or the voice of admission. Interesting. I, I thank you, or I admit to you, through Divrei Teira. And the Yitzhah says, when I, when I thank you, or I admit to you, that's, that's my prayer. I admit I've done wrong. I admit, God, your will is more important than my own will. Besides for Divrei Torah, besides for trying to understand God's will for us, beyond that we also have to daven, we also have to pray. Divrei Torah in your Muslim Bilashmiya says the Yitzhiyasif, the word says, the word is to make heard the voice of thanks or the voice of admission. So Lashmiya means to make heard, it's talking about that which we make hurt to ourselves, we try to understand, right? We're trying to understand the, the will of Hashem, we're, we're trying to hear what God wants us to do, Na'asev and Ishma, right? That's what we, the Jewish people said, in reference to accepting the Torah. We will do and we will listen, we will hear. So, Lashmiya means to be, to make heard, which means to make heard for myself, what is the will of Hashem? And Kol is the aspect of prayer. So we have these two aspects, Our words have incredible power. What we use, we, our, our mouths, we think of a mouth, we think of our words and our speech, it's very mundane, we talk all the time. We talk to our families, we talk to our, our uh, social circles, we talk to all those around us. We talk about food, we talk about Parnassah, we talk about mundane matters, but the, the power of speech, the power of speech, like the Pasuk says, How do we, how, how does Aaron and, and his sons, how do they become mekudosh, they become sanctified through words, through words, through prayer, through Torah. Listen to this. Okay, here's where we get to Purim. It's Purim gotten today. We got to hear about Purim. 
kichuim achem devarim or meishem aoyna elakekedem. The pesukim, if you look in the pesukim there, in uh, in Tehillim, which we quoted in chapter twenty-six, it re- references the concept of maoyn, which means the place where God manifests. So the Medrash tells us, Amar Moshe maoyna elakekedem. What is the place where God manifests? The God, the God of who was before all that existed. Moshe Rabbeinu says this language, The place where God manifests is the world. God manifests through His creation. God is beyond all creation, but He fills all creation. He manifests through creation. You can understand how great God is by understanding the incredible galaxies that He that He created, 13.8 billion light years across. The incredible vastness, the incredible uh, complication within creation, the, the ecosystem here on earth, etc. All of these things express and manifest. We can see God's greatness. But in whose... In whose merit does God have a place in this world, so to speak? Who recognizes God in this world? It's in the merit of those, the, the people of Israel. The people of Israel are the ones who cause God to be recognized in the world. The second half of this Pasuk in, in Dvarim, it's in Dvarim, Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 27, which speaks of God having a place to manifest. second half says, Right, it's the end of this pasuk. It says, "You cause the the enemy of the Jewish people to be pushed away." Right? It's a similar concept we we spoke about before that we want salvation. We want to be saved from our sins, so that you know Aaron Akoyan needs to be saved from his sin. He, he caused the Jewish people to sin with the eagle through words, through Torah, etc. He can be saved from the sin, and now he can walk into the Mishkan. He can enter back into a relationship with God. That's called salvation. What about the Jewish people who are here? Our purpose in the world is to bring about an awareness of God in the world. right? What stops that from manifesting? What stops the Jewish people from, from being who we're supposed to be? So we have an enemy. We have an enemy which wants to destroy us, whether it's spiritually, whether it's physically. We have an enemy that wants to stop us. They're called a malik. Says the Medrash, Zehaman. Hashem pushes away in order to bring about salvation, in order to bring about His recognition in the world, that the world should be a place where He is manifest. He has to get rid of the enemy. And who's the enemy? Haman. The Oyev, the enemy. Shenemar Ish Tsar Oyev Haman. We're going to read in a month's time the Megillah, and there it refers to Haman as this oppressive enemy man, Haman. Why is he called an oppressor and an enemy? What's this double language? It says he's an oppressor and an enemy. Why? Because he's an oppressor in regards to God's will. He's stopping God's will from manifesting in the world. And he is our enemy here down on earth. He was somebody who oppressed our forefathers. As the Jews came out of Egypt, the people of Amalek, the nation of Amalek, came to try to stop that, to cool off the world from the incredible spiritual power that was about to manifest. Excuse me. In Harsinai, before they got to Mount Sinai, before they received the Torah, before God's will was manifest in the world, Amalek tried to stop it. So 
they were there before, they were the Tsar, they were the oppressor back when, way back when, by, by Yitzhiya Mitzrayim, by the Exodus. And he is our enemy now, trying to stop us from rebuilding our base Hamikdash, from building our temple. If you want to identify who is a Malik today, you can understand it very clearly by who is claiming that the uh, Temple Mount belongs to them. That's the character of Amalek. He tries to stop the Jewish people from manifesting who they're supposed to be. But Yemar Hashmeid, Pasuk says that he said, the, the enemy who Hashem is pushing away said to destroy Elubanov. Right? He's trying to, to... So who gets destroyed? Hashem says... He gets destroyed, and his children get destroyed. Haman and his sons. Pasuk says, the people of Israel, they dwell in confidence. They, they dwell with assuredness. They're not worried. They're alone. Ein Yaakov. What's Ein Yaakov? Which means the eye of Jacob. Ein, Ein, Hela Nevuah. The word Ein only means prophecy. Okay, so what does that mean? Let's see the Eitz Yosef. The Jewish people, we have a tremendous, we have a tremendous blessing. There's a Navua, there's a prophecy that the Jewish people will have Incredible physical success. Parnasa, success in our livelihood. We're going to have, and it brings here, I'm going to actually not read it inside, but it brings here, HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends down the man and the tal. He, God sends us the, the uh, miraculous manna in the desert. He provides for us and it represents that Hashem throughout all times, throughout all generations, Hashem is concerned with our livelihood, with our welfare. But that's a promise. Okay. The continuation of the verse is that Hashem, that, I'm sorry, Moshe Rabbeinu says that I see, I see that there's an incredible reward for the righteous. Ashrecha Israel, praiseworthy are you, O people of Israel. You, you don't even know, you don't even realize yet. Incredible reward that's awaiting you. For, for you are Neisha Hashem. You are saved by Hashem. You ex, you are going to experience an awesome salvation. Uh, and as we said, salvation means a manifestation of Hashem in the world. Right, as it were, when when we fight a war, when we are fighting against Haman Amalek, when we when the Jewish people are manifesting properly in the world, when we are doing Hashem's will, so then God is, Hashem is, is there with us. We are, so to speak, I don't, uh, this is the language of the Medrash. I, I don't want to, I, I don't really want to say it this way, but that's how the Medrash says it. We use Hashem. Hashem is, is in our lives. Hashem Himself provides us with our needs, with our lives, with our livelihood. He's the one who, who gives us the strength to overcome our enemies. God is our shield. 
Who helps us? Keneged Avram, Shnemar Sher, Migain Sarech Biyadecha. Pasuk says about Abraham that God protected us. Asher Cherev Gavosecha. It goes through a few different things. The Pasuk says, Bime Mordechai. I'm sorry. This is what I wanted to get to. We're almost, we're almost at the end of the Medrash. You will trample upon their bamais. A bama is a is a place where, when we used it, we were bringing carbon sacrifices to Hashem. When the Goyim used it, when the nations of the world, the idolaters used it, they brought they brought uh, sacrifices to their idols. We will trample their. Bamois, their place of worship. When is this talking about? This is talking about in the times of Mordechai. Right, what happened? Haman came with a request for Achashverosh to hang up Mordechai on this huge gallows that he had built for him, 50 amas high, 50 cubits high, 75 feet high. Okay, huge. Right? But instead, what was he instructed to do? Hashem turned things around, and Haman had to bring Mordechai the regal clothes of the king, dress him up in the regal clothes of the, thi- of the king, and have him ride on a horse which belonged to the king. All of this representing the fact that the Jewish people are rising. What was it that allowed Mordechai to trample Haman? To trample his enemies, to trample those who wish to destroy us, to to be able to now walk into a moment of geula of manifestation of godliness in the world. What gave him this redemption? The pasuk tells us that what did Mordechai do? Says the Marzu. We spoke about prayer. We spoke about the the Medrash also tells us not in this location, but in another in another place in the Medrash. It's in the Gemara. It's also in the Medrash in, in Esther Rabbah that Haman when he found Mordechai, Mordechai was sitting and learning in the base Medrash. You have the power of Torah, and you have the power of prayer. The the but not just prayer, like an intense prayer. It's the intense prayer that brings Geula. It's the intense prayer that brings about a turnaround. From being downtrodden, being under the boot of Amalek, of our enemies, to be, to become the one on top. How? Through the Victoria. What is Hashem's will? How? Through prayer, intense prayer. Now listen to this, and this is an amazing point. When he saw that he won, he saw that Hashem was picking him up. It didn't make him get full of himself. He didn't become egotistical as a result, Mordechai. It says, after Haman took him and put him onto the horse and lifted him up, made him someone chashuv, made him important, he didn't get egotistical, he didn't get full of himself. Right after he got off the horse, he took off the clothes, he went back to sitting in a way which was his tininess, he was in, he was mourning, he was, he was fasting, he was praying. Unbelievable. Okay, so Mordechai continues his prayer until there's a full gul, until there's a full redemption. He doesn't stop. Afkan, the measure finishes off. Afkan, over here as well. You want to know how Aaron gets out of the the 
sin that he caused the Jewish people, how does he repent? It's not just with the carbonus. Yes, we're going to talk about carbonus, and yes, there's going to be a whole uh, tekes, a whole uh, you know order of events that he's going to have to go through, but that's not what does it. Afkan, who I'm a zehadavr, it says, this is the matter, this is the word. Because what was it that caused or allowed Aaron to, to repent, to be forgiven by Hashem? It was through his prayer. It's the power of prayer. And it doesn't say this explicitly at this point in the, in the Medrash, but it's the power of prayer and the power of Divrei Torah, as we've seen throughout the Medrash, the power of trying to understand the will of God. Let's remember, Aaron was the one who went into the Kodesh HaKadosh, the Holy of Holies, which was where the Aaron was, the which the box which had the, the Torah itself. That's Aaron represents that the one who seeks into the deepest place and tries to understand the will of God. I want to bless you. I ask you to bless me. Hashem should help us. That we should be able to experience incredible salvation, incredible manifestation of Hashem's will in this world. We should be zeichet to karbonus, but until we actually can bring those sacrifices, Hashem should help us to be Isaac and Torah, to be involved in understanding His will, and to help us to have real, deep, heartfelt prayer. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.